dope beat. It's a dope beat. Six Degrees NYC. The latest and greatest new podcast all about New York City. I'm Alon Bora, here with Audrey James and Ben Goldstein. Hey. Hey. Is that too much? Is that too loud? That was not too loud. Okay. It's never too loud. You know why? Because we're, we're going to be... You hear those sirens. Oh, you know why? That's because we're in New York City. Damn right. <laughs> Recording live from Brooklyn. First official podcast. We are not doing it from a precinct. Police precinct, because that's what it sounds like behind us, but... This is this is New York. I'm glad I timed that 911 call perfectly. <laughs> That's why the police are outside. The podcast, Six Degrees NYC. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, greatest stories of New York. We've got the greatest people, the people that you don't know, people that you see, but you don't know. And we're going to get to know them. The most unique and creative people in the city and the randomness too. Stars in the streets. That's what I like to say. I love that saying. Stars in the streets. A lot coined that saying. Well, look, it's a big city. There's a lot of unique stories. We're going to get through them one by one. Mm -hmm. Talk to some interesting people. Yep. People we know, people we're connected to. I yeah. can't wait. Can't yeah, wait to get excited, it. Guys. Can't wait to get it going. So, well, how's the week going? I mean, we, you know, we, we're preparing for this podcast. We've been doing a lot of stuff, but how, how's, how's everything with you, Dre? What's going on? Well, I'm making kombucha. And we're done. I'm sorry. Really? You're making... Kombucha. Kombucha. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm really excited about Wait, it. Is it? Is that how you? I don't think that's how you pronounce it. Well, I've been corrected after listening. Oh, okay, I should say Audrey has called it kombucha as long as I've known what kombucha is, and I I got corrected a couple times. But it's spelled kombucha. It's spelled kombucha. I just feel like that sounds so weird. I like. I prefer kombucha at this point. Okay. Because I prefer you to you know to everyone else to everyone else whatever makes you feel good. Okay, so you're making. Yeah, I'm definitely not changing how I. You're making say kombucha. It now. I am. I got a SCOBY from my friend Nora. Shout out to Nora. That was a SCOBY. And um, it's actually a like cluster of yeast and bacteria. And we're done. And you use it to <laughs> ferment tea and it's delicious. Yeah, and no, it's can't very wait to try nutritious. It. Can't wait to try this yeah, fermented. Yeah, you should have like a kombucha party. You guys can come over and taste it. You want, great. I have a piece of scoby in my bag if you want some. I, I think everyone has scoby somewhere on them. Like, <laughs> uh, ben, how about you? How's the week going? I, it's going great. I don't know. Uh, it's been really rainy here though, right? Well, there was sun. It was There was like a day of 75 degrees. Yeah, I saw, I saw really dudes weird. outside with shorts on. Yeah. I'm like, I know. let's just calm down. I was like sweating in my jacket. Yeah. But every day, I feel like every time I go outside, it starts to rain. Yeah. The last couple of weeks. It's been super dreary. kind of over it. It's like spring. Yeah. It's so weird. Well, we're, we are approaching March. And the madness is going to begin. I had a pretty interesting weekend. Uh, I was at a wedding last night for a close friend right here in Brooklyn. Nice. And uh, DJ Clark Kent, the legendary DJ Clark Kent, who discovered Jay-Z, was the DJ. Wow. And uh, it, was, it was an honor to be in the building. So is he a good DJ? It's amazing. Of course. I mean, wow! I mean, Wait, my wow was... I'm sorry. I got to come up with a more energetic wow. We can... We Audrey should be doing the wow. Wow. Oh, my do, God. Just do it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Better. We'll make that happen. We'll just okay. have to do that. Yeah. So we've got a great podcast lined up for today, um, but really before excited. we get into the guests, before we get into today's session, we're going to start off with the word. So each week on the word, we try to stump our co-hosts with a word that you may or may not find in the dictionary. And I came up with today's word. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. And yeah, I'm really too. nervous about it because Good. I feel like you all might know it. And then I'm going to feel really late. To the game. To the game. Okay. The because I ha I've never heard this word before. Suspense is killing me. I'll tell you that. I'll give you a quick hint. It's a sports term. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. The pressure. I feel like the pressure's yeah. on now. I don't know. <laughs> so the word is posterize. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? I, I know the answer. We don't need the clock. What? I'm just going to play the clock because we have the clock. Posterize is a term that's used when, let's say in basketball, somebody gets dunked on and the image of somebody getting dunked on or ridiculous happens on the court, it's what a poster would be. Right. That, that, no, he's the person, right. The person on the other side, the receiving end of that dunk got posterized. I had never he's heard up, that. That means you're going to end up on a poster, but not your poster. See, I, I thought a lot was going to get it. 
You know, you, come on, you know, I've been poster. I mean, no. I have you been? No. <laughs> I have not. I can't get poster from the bench. Can't get poster from the bench. That's oh. the best part about being a bench warmer. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I think you could, actually. I, feel, I bet, I bet you we might. could come up with Yeah, you can get posterized anywhere. I saw this great thing on BuzzFeed about, like, people getting posterized just, like, standing in their kitchens and stuff. It was great. Oh, yeah. That's, that's type so of, funny. So, yeah, we used to do that type of stuff in high school. It was on the, oh, on okay. the, uh, was it the walk signs in the, in the city? Yeah. We should just lead each other underneath it. Mm-hmm. And then from behind, just, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I still do that. Ben, had you known that word? I did know that word. God, I feel so late. Well, I mean. Yeah, no, you should. I never heard. I don't heard think you that. should be that hard on yourself. All right. All right. Well, one person yeah. that definitely knows the word. For sure, this, this person knows the word. Definitely not a bench warmer. He's, he's posterized <laughs> plenty of people. He had to have. I'm sure. It's possible. I mean, you know. It's... No, I'm sure it happened. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out. So, March Madness is about to start. Yep. Um, and for those who don't know, like me, March Madness is the NCAA College Basketball Championship. The tournament, yep. And you might have noticed recently that the NCAA scandals are in the news, so it's kind of perfect timing to have on our guest, University of Kentucky basketball legend and Brooklyn's own, Ramel Bradley. Yes, sir. What up, what up, what up? Welcome. Welcome, Ramel. Appreciate it. Ramel, we appreciate you being here. Thanks really for having do. me. Yeah, but but let's let's before we do anything. Yeah, don't get too excited. We're not going to get into anything. What did you get us? Anytime somebody comes onto the podcast, th- there's an entry fee. Oh, wow. What did you bring us? <laughs> Presents. I must gifts. I must be in Brooklyn. I, I get invited <laughs> somewhere. And I got to bring gifts. Okay, so for everyone, I have a nice little collector's item of. It's sort of like a basketball card. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, Excuse let me. See, yeah, let me see what that's one for you. Oh, oh wow. one for each of us. Yeah, this everybody gets one of those. Oh, wow. I can, I can sign them. Did you know I was Jewish I when you got me this one? I do want mine to be signed, oh, um, please. Um, I can't think of anything. So, so, so you <laughs> got it. This is when you were playing in Israel. Cool. Yeah. This, what we're looking at right now, that was is when I was playing in Hulon. Okay. In, which is where in Israel? Which is in Israel, maybe five minutes from Tel Aviv. So, this, oh, wow. so you gave us basically your your trading card from Israel, which is awesome. That's from, and it's all in like, yeah, is that Hebrew? And, this is Hebrew. Yeah, it's this Hebrew. Is Hebrew. So that's my name in Hebrew, and this was a big game. I had like thirty something. Oh yeah, points. look, I can read that. Wow. Ramel Brad, that's crazy. You can read. Yes, this? I can absolutely read that. Yofi, Yofi. Wow. Wow. Um, okay, so that's for that's everyone. Awesome. That's dope. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Hold on, I'm not done yet. Yeah, good. Oh, good. So, oh, okay. no, I love this. We're gonna put these up on our site just so to I have see. A, so I have a big bag of candy. Has chocolates. Oh, oh assortment wait. array of things. Candy. Um, Give it up for the, this yeah. is for Ben because I like the way he decorated the studio. <laughs> oh, put that in a nice little bowl for the <laughs> next going in a bowl. Viewers. Absolutely. Um, That's I have awesome. a nice little basketball Kentucky shirt for a lot because I feel like I never gave him no gift yeah, ever, man. God, what does it yeah. say on basketball it? Never oh, beautiful, stops. look at that, man. Wildcat basketball and, never stops. And for all nice. you, finally, I have you a nice little thing you can put your keys on and also oh, inside. Thank you. You can open it up and you can put a nice little baby picture of your son. Keep it with you. Oh, you are. You want to go to Kentucky someday. Thoughtful. Those are some of the best gifts that we've gotten. Officially, we got four gifts. You got a heart This is a lot of gifts. Oh my God, mine is the best. I kind of, I'll trade you. No, I'm not trading you. Because in there, all right. Nice. I love if, it. If you guys want to see you. what Ramel got Thank us, you, check out our website or Instagram, yeah. sixdegrees.myc. Appreciate it, Ramel. Awesome. Thank you. I'm glad you like the gifts. Really good. So good. Nice. All right, Ramel. So we're going to talk to you about all the shenanigans happening right now. But okay. first, you're a hard guy to get a hold of. Um, Kind of, sort of. I don't really sure. think so. I don't really think so. Busy but guy. He doesn't so. see it that way, but. That's what busy people do. They just yeah. pretend like they're not busy. It's true. <laughs> but. Fortunately, we have a connection with you. Absolutely. Um, and you, and that connection is a lot for us sitting right here. Yep. Yep. So you. A lot. Oh, oh, here we go. A lot. Right? Well, I've been wondering that. I've heard, I've heard different versions of that too. You guys, let's talk about it. We can talk about that later. Okay. We'll talk about There's it. There's different ways to pronounce my name. You can pronounce it both ways. Okay. Um, but you guys have known each other since high school. Yep. And. Just tell us a little bit about your friendship. Well, um, uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. I'll say that a lot to me is, is a, he's a brother. I've known him for almost, I want to say like half my life. And he lives in the city that I love, the city that I'm from. And he makes me special because when I travel, when I do anything and kind of anyone, it's almost a pleasure to say that one of my brothers is Indian. Uh, 
And, you know, I call it the pride of New York City, call it being from the melting pot, but sure. that's something that I cherish and it's a genuine brotherhood. So, appreciate yeah, that. So, I'm glad. Absolutely right. That's I'm really glad sweet. to have you in my life, brother. Likewise. I love you. Aww. And thanks again for being on here. You know, the, the, the whole thought of being able to have a childhood best friend that literally lived the dream in many people's eyes. Mm-hmm. including mine is 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 dope mm-hmm. so i've been able to live vicariously through you for a very long time and that's not going to stop so don't can't expect that stop. too can't um, stop yeah can't stop won't stop <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you get into it so you guys so you guys met in high school then we met in high school through a mutual through a mutual friend okay who's jamaican or some shit like <laughs> he's he's half Guyanese, half Trini. yeah shout out to kyle um <laughs> But yeah, so we met through, we met through a friend, and I mean, we all just hit it off. And um, I mean, when you could just have a genuine level of conversation with anyone, or be inspired or encouraged about life, you want to keep those people in your life. So yeah, throughout the years, it's just been like that. Even through my travels and his travels, yeah, link back up. It's like it just happened yesterday. Yep. So then, when you met each other, mm-hmm. you were at you were playing basketball at the time cool at Manhattan Park West. Is that yeah, right? I was at Park West, and he was at Friends. Right. Right. Yep. Blue Pride. We're Blue Pride. Yeah, Blue Pride. I used to I, I used to come practice with them. That's right. That's yeah, right. I used and to come to their practices. When Ramel came to the practices for our basketball team at Brooklyn Friends, Everyone. that meant that I didn't get to practice because <laughs> he would take my spot. So, so it was oh, cool, you would, he would play with. Yeah, he would our, come by and play with our play with our yeah, I didn't basketball even know, team. I, they, yeah. Everyone used to tell me that a lot was on the team, <laughs> but I never you really never believed <laughs> that he was on the team. He was, I thought he was just like that guy. Yo, man, yo, man, man. Like, Google like me, he man. just supported the team. But Google me, baby. There won't be any stats that show up, but there'll definitely be photos of me on the court. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, you were at Park West, Park West. for three, two years or three years? I was at Park West for three years. I remember junior year, you were, was it all Brooklyn? Did you make the all Brooklyn? Brooklyn yeah, team? I made the all Brooklyn team. I was all city. That's right. All city. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. So I don't really understand. Dan. Old City is like, it's like accolades that, that they give the, I don't want to say best players, but the play, the players who had a pretty good year. You get right. an award for that. Mm-hmm. Recognition is you top 15 players in the whole city. Right. Oh, so you are one of the top 15 yeah. players uh-huh. in your year in the whole city. Absolutely. Do you know, could you tell us any other names that were a part of that? Um, Some guys that I could think of. I want to say Sebastian Telfair. Yep. Uh, Kyle made all Brooklyn too. Kyle was all Brooklyn. Oh, Kyle was all Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, Liz, shout out to my brother. Yes, sir. Um, Gary Irving. Gary Forbes. Gary, Gary Forbes. Yep. Chris Tav. Yeah, it's a whole lot of guys. Yeah. So that's so what was it like then for you to be somewhat of a celebrity, I guess, at such a young age? It caused me my first real breakup. <laughs> so oh, no. I don't know. I don't know if that was lit or not, but <laughs> I guess what I mean by that is it was lit. <laughs> it was lit. Yeah, like, you know, just playing, traveling around the city with my high school team, walking into any gym in any borough, and, you know, people know who you are, fans know who you are already, you know, follow things that I did, so it's it's a good feeling. That's that's crazy. You grew up in Brooklyn. Yep. Fort Greene. Fort Greene. Clan Hills. Shout out to the Hills. That's right. But but so you didn't actually end up finishing high school here. I didn't finish high school here. So what happened your senior year? So my senior year, I decided to go to a prep school. It was in North Carolina. It was the same prep school that Tracy McGrady went to. Yep. Uh, Mount Zion. That's right. I ended up being there for a couple months. I didn't like it. Left, came back here. Was out of school for like two months. Got the opportunity to go to IMG Academy, which is an international sports school. Best, one of the best schools in the world. And it's in Florida. For sports in Florida, in Bradenton, Florida. Voluntary campus. Um, they train anywhere from the NBA guys to the golf, tennis pros, Serena. And it's a high, it's a high school? It's a high school. Okay. Yeah, it's international. That's dope. So how did you, how did you find that place or how did you get to that? point where you were like, what did you like about Mount Zion? Was it just a, a basketball related thing or was it just the environment? What, what? Uh, yeah, I didn't really like the environment. I didn't really like where I was. I didn't really feel comfortable. Right. So I was just like, man, I gotta get out of here. I came back home. I was still training, hooping. I would go around. People still knew who I was. Of course. And you know, a lot of guys were going to boarding schools and there's boarding schools everywhere. 
Um, but I had the opportunity because the IMG, the Bolletary Campus, they were starting their basketball um, team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was already famous for soccer, tennis, sport, um, golf. Oh, wow. All Did of I... these things, but they just started it. They needed some guys, and I got a chance to get a scholarship. Did they get because of they my talent? You? They found me. They found you. They found me. I ended up going down there and changed my life. Wow. It did. That's probably the first pivotal moment for you, right? Because yeah, up until yeah. 16, you were here. Yeah, I was so yeah, I was in New York till about 15, 16, and yeah. that's when I left. And I went to IMG and then I was on my own. But then I was playing a sport that I loved and I was going to school. I was focused on my book, so right. it was a blessing. Was it like a culture shock at all, going to like this fancy, expensive prep Okay, so um, six degrees in New York. I pride myself in New York. <laughs> sure. I pride myself in New York City. I pride myself on being from Brooklyn. So when I went out there, I was kind of like Frank Sinatra. I can make it in New York. I can make it anywhere. <laughs> so that was just like my 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 way of being. And by interacting, meeting other people from other countries, it was comfortable to me because. I remember walking outside of my house and then being like, what? West Indians, Puerto Ricans, you know, Indians and or Chinese yes, right across the street. So yes, culture, I wouldn't say like too much of a shock. I just welcomed it and mm. it was comfortable for me. And I made, I made friends, so. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. You super, had a good time? Super dope. I mean, you get a little bit of freedom. You go to school for a couple hours, play the sport that you love, and then the weather is great. You have a pool, and I can go play tennis and golf with pros and legends. That sounds- there was there was a time in high school, I, rebe- I vividly remember this. Me and Kyle had called you while you were out there. Mm-hmm. And remember, we're like 17, 18 years mm-hmm. old. I remember... Ramel being like, yeah, I got someone making me a smoothie right now. And I'm like, what? What the hell is he talking about? It's literally <laughs> like, wow, wow, wow. Right? It's literally wow. an official like campus with a program that you have like all these things, like someone can make you a power shake or whatever. Like the yeah. athletic facility was so advanced. Huh. And we're over here in Brooklyn, me and Kyle coming out of a private school, not getting anywhere near no, that. No, one's making a smoothie. But yeah, wow. right. <laughs> um, I about Wendy's with Media Frosty. Close yeah, shout out, shout out to IMG Academy. Yeah, it's a, it a dope school. That sounds it's awesome. real dope. You school. were there for under a year. Under a year, I like was a, I was there for a year. I was there for a full year. A full year. Okay. I was there for a full year, and the thing that was dope about it was like in the morning you waking up, you eat, you going to the to the you know the lunch room, the dining room, and you choosing what you want, egg whites. Whatever you want is in there, oatmeal, all, and everything is healthy. Then you walk on a court to train, and you get a stretch, and your trainer, you know, gives you everything that you need, makes a shake, pre-workout, post-workout. It's crazy. You just take care yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm hurt. I'm on a training table. And so, it, I mean, and that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to create these athletes that, you know, they pretty much know what they want to do with their lives. So right. mm-hmm. it was wake up, you know, learn, train, read, learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. We learn for a couple hours, rest, back to training. So I mean, that's luxurious. a great environment for athletes. How different are the, me- the meals from New York City public schools? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I don't even know if I, all I ate in the, in the schools in New York was a chocolate milk and butter crunch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you said if I was it's in like, school that long. That's right. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. That's right. So from IMG, you mm-hmm. ended up at the most storied basketball program in the country. Absolutely. University of Kentucky. Yep. Big Blue Madness. <laughs> it's lit. It's yeah. lit. Shout out to the Wildcats. My guys, they just won last night. Um, yeah, That's greatest awesome. school in, in history. So how, Best basketball school on the planet. How did you end up there? How did that happen? Okay, so in the summertime, after school is over, you play on these circuits. Right. So you're going out on these circuits, amateur, athletic union, whatever, AAU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go out and you train and you play. And then if you're really good, they put you in, you know, top 200. If you're really good, top 100 or mm-hmm. top 50. And then you get invited to these camps. So then you go to these special camps, and I was at a camp called ABCD Camp, and I was playing, I remember it was, it was one game, I was playing against a guy named Demarcus Nelson. He went to Duke, he ended up going to Duke. And the assistant coach from Kentucky, he was there, and I did my thing, so he was just like, yeah, I want you. And so we came back to IMG to visit me, came to Brooklyn to see my family. Right. 
and it was all said and done. That so there was a visit. I'm just wondering because I've seen yeah. the movies with the recruitments and yeah. the family. He he went to your house. And yeah, he, he came to my crib. Family. My family made him a nice little meal. Oh, yeah. Nice. He you know charmed them and they was like, who was the assistant coach? Kentucky. Do you remember? It was just the assistant coach, or was it the whole? Yeah, it was assistant. Well, I'm. The assistant coach, you know, the coaches go out, you know, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle's yeah, assistant yeah. coach. So they go out to these tournaments, old camps to yeah, see yeah. these guys. So the one of the assistant coaches at the time, his name was Scott Rajot. He was at the camp. Scott Rajot? Yeah, Scott Rajot. Okay. He was there. So he seen me. It was like, you know. Were there other schools or were you sold on Kentucky? I had a lot of schools. I yeah, had a lot of schools. Obviously. I, um, yeah. What other schools do you remember either seriously considering or that were seriously coveting you? Um, schools that I considered seriously going to was like Seton Hall because it was close. Mm-hmm. Right. To the crib, it was in the Big East. I was going to play at the Garden. Right. Every New York City kid's dream. To play in the yeah. Garden. I mean, I got, let it, I got a lot of talk from a lot of schools, Boston College, Georgia, Clemson, like Virginia Tech, a lot of schools. Yeah, right. sure. But none that I was like, okay, besides Seton Hall, because it was close, I knew I was gonna be able to play at the garden in front of my family. Right. And I always thought that I wanted to go to a smaller school and just score a lot of points and beat the big schools, because I kind of consider myself as like, you know, somewhat of an underdog being from Brooklyn, you yeah. know? Yeah. But then when Kentucky Wildcats call you up and Tubby Smith is at your crib, yeah. and you realize what the program is what it means That's surreal. Yeah. Okay. Tubby Smith was Let's the head with, coach that was there when you went and he also won a national championship not too long before that. Yeah. So yeah. when you have this most storied basketball program in the history of college basketball and a coach who just won a national championship very recently. Why you? Facts. That's a, that's, that's a hell of a selling. That's, that's as good yeah, as a selling like, sales pitch. Right? Yeah, we are. We know we're doing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So at the time that this was all happening, did you know who your teammates might be? Well, yeah, so go back uh, a quick second. Mm-hmm. The, the recruiting class that Kentucky had that year, up it's until that passive, point, yeah. was one of the best recruited classes Best teams that was put together out of that recruiting class. You had Rajon Rondo on your team coming in as a rookie. You had Randolph Morris, I believe, coming in. Mm-hmm. Your boy Joe Croft. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was on that? Yeah, that was four. Number one recruiting class that year. It was the number wow. one recruiting class in the country that year. And uh, you were a part of that, which is pretty pretty dope. And you guys went to the tournament that year, too. I remember that. Should have went to the Final Four that year, but I got a concussion in a big game. I remember that, too, yeah. I can't shoot the free throws. We ended up losing. Oh, no. You know what's funny? When that game happened, I'm watching from D.C. I'm at GW. And everyone knows that I have a friend that's in the, in the game. But we're, we're real Brooklyn sometimes, too. So I didn't know if it was a real injury or not. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a little bit to get airtime, you know, because you that, that happens. And when we've seen that other guys do that. And we always start like, you're just doing that to get the, the, the camera. And That's then you just funny. see the fake hurt. And then you get a good 60 seconds on TV. And then you all of a sudden, good. But he actually yeah, yeah. didn't take free throw shots, which yeah. I knew was a serious thing at that point. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. That was tough. Yeah. Like, I could have been in the final four. Oh, yeah. You don't get yeah. those opportunities all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I got hurt. Like, I had a concussion. Somebody came in and missed the, missed the free throws. Yeah. We ended up losing. I was like, damn. Did you know that your your recruiting class was going to be what it was? Like, when you when you were recruited, did you know who else was going to be going there? Did you? I knew I knew that a lot of other nice guys were going, that might be interested. Okay. But I didn't know we was going to end up being the number one recruiting class. Right, right, right. Right. Again, a New York City point guard, by definition, is a ball-dominant scoring point guard which is what you are. Shout out to Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. Rajon Rondo technically is a point guard right now in the NBA too. Did you know there's another point guard going there? Legendary point guard. Legendary point guard. Legendary. Double-double all day. But did you know that when you had first committed to Kentucky? Okay, so I didn't know initially because I committed maybe a day or two days before he committed. Really? Yeah. It was that close. Wow. It was that close. And the other guys were around and, the same time? And the other guys were right around the same time. So it, so it, it kind of it happened like that. So I don't, I didn't know if he was going to commit or not, but like maybe days, something after that was like he was going to commit, then Joe was going to commit. I remember some of the games, he, well, okay, so Rondo was a one and done guy, if you will, which meant he played for a year and then went to the NBA draft. But did that? No, I think Rondo stayed two years. No, he didn't. 
Yeah. He stayed two years? Yeah, Rondo was there two years. But look that up so we can confirm. Yeah, so but he stayed two years. <laughs> okay. Is good, there good is there a feeling like you're, you're teammates, but then is there yeah. uh, is there like any sort of competition within that? Oh, for hell yes, competition. <laughs> yeah, it's competition. Yeah, it's competition. I, I mean, you're in the stage, right? Like you're on, you're at Kentucky. Yeah. And you're playing with somebody, but you're also sort of like vying for time, right? Or no? Absolutely. Yeah. And then especially coming in as two point guards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I mean, the difference, the difference was with me and Rondo was Rondo is more of a facilitator, whereas right. I'm more of a scoring guard. Right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't that much of a threat, mm-hmm. but it's, you still competing every day you're going against each other. You want to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? You coming in the same position. You want to play. Yeah. He, he, he was there for two years. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rondo was there for two years. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, that's why we have you on here, Rock. We have you on here to tell us shit that we probably could have known. <laughs> we could have Googled. You're, you're yeah. here to fact check our Googling. Uh, fact checking everything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, it was dope. I mean, yeah. if you look at the way things things work now, and especially at the big time universities or the best universities, i.e. Kentucky, that's how guys come in every year now four and five guys coming together right. as the number one recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So we were part of a trend that now is, you know, normal, almost normal when you think about Kentucky basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were the first guys to, you know. Well, that's, you know, is that have to do with the um, 2005 NBA? It, it does. The, the the one and done rule. Before, yeah. So. Having players. So 04 is when you went to Kentucky. Right. At that time, it was, you could go out of high school to the NBA if you wanted to. Right. But a year later, 2005, yeah. the NBA instituted the new rule, which said that you had to be a year removed from high school. Right. And then, the obviously, the, things changed at Kentucky. You were there for two different coaches, Tubby Smith, and then for, I think, it was just your senior year? Yeah, Billy Gillespie. Billy Gillespie was there. Yeah. And then, literally after your senior year, that next year, John Calipari goes to Kentucky. Um, Two years. So I left, so I leave... Oh, one more season right. comp, one, it's one more season, and then I want to say, it's one or two seasons after that, then he comes. Right. Jai Calipari, who was at Memphis at the time, already started his one and done process of getting some of the best right. players and getting them. And actually, John Wall and some of the guys ended up going to Kentucky in 2009 or 2010, that first recruiting class with DeMarcus Cousins. Those guys were supposed to go to Memphis. Right. They were initially going to go to Memphis, and right. then when Calipari decided that he's going to Kentucky, you know, the, you know those guys went with him, obviously, because they mm-hmm. wanted to play for him. So right. that's interesting. But yes, before the, the one and done era, you guys had an impressive freshman class, and that was, it was fun to watch. I remember that vid- vividly. Yeah, I mean, that one and done era, I mean, you got to think about it. Sebastian Telfair, LeBron James. Yep. These are guys that I played with that was on my team. So when you think about, look, um, you know, LeBron and Sebastian going out of high school, right. me going to Kentucky, they made, those, they made that rule because they wanted to stop dope guys like I play with. So, you know, that was kind of right after is that. that. How it fe- is that how it feels? Like, yeah, it was kind of right after yeah, that. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. like yeah, we can't keep, have this going on. But yeah. those guys were exceptional talents also. Yeah. Right. Well, what do you, I'm curious what you think about that. Like you said, the year after right. you went to Kentucky, they instituted this, this rule. Right. Do you think the players should be allowed to go directly to the NBA after high school? Or do you um, think the rule is a yeah, good thing? Yeah, sure I do. Sure, you I do. do. Let him go right to the NBA. Why yeah. not? You can. I mean, if you're good enough, everybody's not good enough. Everybody's not LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or mm-hmm. Sebastian Telfair. Everybody's not or J.R. Smith. Everybody's not those guys. So, but right. I mean, I'm, I don't think you should stop that kind of talent from being a professional mm-hmm. and starting their career if they're legendary at whatever age. Right. It doesn't seem like other sports do that necessarily. I mean, there's rules and everything, but like, you know, if mm-hmm. you're if you're a good golfer, if you're a good tennis mm-hmm. player, baseball. if you're 17, baseball, yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, I, I wonder, uh, I, yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, it's interesting. The NFL does yeah. though have rules about yeah. when you can NFL join, the, you can go into the NFL. Yeah, like the two most successful sports, I wonder why. Yeah. Six Degrees NYC here with Ramel Bradley, chopping it up Facts. with a brother of mine, really close brother of mine. Facts. And well, now we're getting into the nitty gritty of uh-huh. college sports. So we talked. We talked about. Well, there's a lot that's happened recently, right, Dre? Well, yeah. A lot that went down just literally within the last couple of days, as well. That is very interesting, and it's kind of in the news. And it's only right that we get your opinion on these things. So, okay, Dre, go for it. Yeah. So I'm sure you know. 
Louisville recently, Louisville. they got into a lot of trouble with the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick Pitino, the coach, was fired. Mm-hmm. They were stripped of their championship from 2013. And I think all of their wins from 2011 to 2014. Mm-mm, like mm-mm, the NCAA just like took that away from uh-huh. them. And they did it because I guess they found out that players were getting money from or a specific player was getting money from Adidas. And yeah. also they found out that they were getting um, prostitutes for some of the <laughs> kids. The high school kids. It's lit out there. Huh? I mean, we're talking high schoolers. It's popping. I just yeah. feel like that's, I mean, I feel like that's a little crazy, right? To like it's crazy, think but that that's. But let's let's think about that one more step further. If you're 17 years old, you're 18 years old, and you're a basketball player. Or you, sure, you don't a have kid. a problem getting women. Not a basketball and player. It's not no, an not, issue not, not, and you don't need Well, a hold on. Let's not take take basketball out for a second. You're a 17 year old boy. You that there's nothing that's more convincing than sex appeal or things that you yeah. haven't seen or done before. It's it's. I can see why they did that. It's not right, but creative, creative assistant coaches over at Louisville. I'll tell you they're that. getting creative, yeah, and they're creative. like, "What? Yeah, how yeah. do we make them want I mean, to come here?" <laughs> There's a long and history of wooing people with prostitutes, absolutely, right? in every business or across the. Absolutely, uh, yeah. That's why the industry exists. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So and basketball's no different. College basketball's no right. different, I guess, at that time for them. I gotta say, I haven't encountered this in photography. <laughs> hey Ben, we want you to come with us. I want you to meet really? Chastity. Hasn't happened. <laughs> and I, look, I know the stories. There's a lot of stories about photography. I just haven't lived that life. <laughs> Six degrees Forget NYC, but spe- getting into the the underworld of photography <laughs> and the shit you don't really know about. But we're about to expose it, like like film. Get it? Camera film? Oh, like exposed. Like uh, you saw what he did there? I did. Okay, great. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, but seriously, so, so more than 25 teams have been identified, I guess, mm-hmm. over the past year. Oh, with this NCAA so? investigation. Yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, by the FBI okay. as having broken some of the NCAA's many, many rules. And... The issue is that players aren't allowed to get money in college Mm -hmm. from anybody, which is crazy. It's not even like you're not allowed to get money from your, I don't know, coach or something. It's like you can't get money from anybody. Right. And if you do, then you're ineligible to play. So that's a big debate right now in the country. And I'm very curious what you think about that. Like, do you think that college players should get paid? I think it's, I think it's. It's very wild, and of course I think they should get paid. Mm-hmm. Of course I do. Why? I mean, if you were, if you had to wake up at six a.m. and you didn't go to bed again until twelve one a.m. at night because you was out working, would you want to be paid for that? A hundred percent. And so would I. And right. so would anyone. Right. I think so would anyone. So I mean, I don't even see the. I mean, I guess I do see the point of the debate, but I right. think it's very simple, you know? Those guys live speaking on behalf of those guys because I am one of them. We right. work we work really hard, hmm. and it's not easy. It's not some, um, how can I express myself? It's not, um, it's not easy, and you know, a lot of students go to school, and after they go to school for two, three hours a day, they can go work a job and right. receive income. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I mean, if you if the only reason why students are coming to the school is because of you, and again you work in these hours, I think you should be compensated some kind of way. Well, th- th- yeah. some, some would I say mean, that. I, I, yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm not against it. You're not against what? I'm not against them being paid. Mm-hmm. Right. Which means you're for it, rightfully so. Right. right? I think a lot of people yeah. feel that way. The logistics behind it are are one of those things that kind of get caught up with it, but. Mm-hmm. Education. What right. about those four years? You didn't have any expenses while you were at Kentucky, right? That's a part of that scholarship. You had giving you a full ride to a... If I was an out-of-state student going to Kentucky and mm-hmm. I had to live in New York and go there, I'd have to pay out-of-state tuition, room and board, books, all this. Yeah. Some would say that that's alone $40,000, $50,000 that you as a student athlete get a scholarship for to cover those costs. Do you think that that is a fair balance? Well, I mean, maybe. And, I, and I'm not sure what fair is, but I know that 
I worked my ass off. Like I wouldn't if man, if there was no sport of basketball, I probably wouldn't have went to college. Right. I probably wouldn't have been able to even pay outside tuition. So, man, and even if I did, is if as long as I could get a job to pay for that, then that's okay. And even if I went to school and I worked my ass off and if I didn't spend all of my time and I didn't dedicate all of my time to the university, then maybe I would have some time to go out and get a job and pay some bills for myself, but I don't get that luxury or burden if that's how you see it. So, I mean, I, I mean, what is fair? I know that. I, yeah. So I'm curious, you said you don't, you didn't even have time really to go get a job, right? Like yeah, what I about- can't, I can't, we can't, you, it's a lot of things that you can't do. Yeah. I mean, myself, I took advantage of that. Cause I mean, you can see it as an issue or problem or opportunity. I played the game of basketball in order to get a, in, in order to get an education. Yeah. And that's what I went to school and that's what I did. I got my degree. Was it hard with scheduling to get? Yeah, it's, t- it's tough, but it's fun when you do something yeah. you love. Like yeah. if, you, if you're doing something you love, if you want to go to college, if you want to learn, if you want to get an education, then you go to your two, three classes a day and you enjoy it. If you enjoy playing a sport, then you go and you enjoy it. And if even if it takes waking up at 6 a.m. and going to bed at 12. In a lot of instances, it was me going to sleep at 2 because I was still, I still at times needed to be social experience college life we get no spring breaks we don't get these things we are the entertainment we are what everyone comes to school for and we are what they watch when they go home on break so I mean if we get no benefit from that well I got my degree but let's say if I were to get hurt when I was a freshman when I got my concussion let's say if if I never were to play basketball again do you then, lose your scholarship? Then I would have lost my scholarship. Yeah. Or wow. I mean, I don't get I don't get to uh, return back to school if I can't compete in my sport. Right. So I mean, what are we debating? I don't think mm-hmm. it's a debate. I think that it's a no brainer. Clear. I think it's crazy because when I was in college, like my parents didn't give me any money. So what I did was I went to class and I went to work, yeah. and then I socialized on on the time I had. Yeah. But as a basketball player, you don't have time to yeah. go to work. So then, yeah. is it? I, my question is like, did the people around you, people who didn't get money from their parents or whatever, did, was it ever a struggle? Like you don't have time to work. So how do you live when you're in college? Okay, I would say that there are a number of ways you can look at it. As an athlete, going to a university away from school, you think about this college experience where you can't study abroad, you can't Mm -hmm. join a sorority or fraternity, you can't work because it's liberating and you're finally on your own as a young adult, you can't do any of these things. So it's a great sacrifice and it could be a burden at times. But then there's another flip side and you can embrace all of those things and say, well, I actually have an advantage because I am doing what I want to dedicate mm-hmm. my life to. And it could be a very fun, joyous thing. So take it how you how you may. I know that there's a, a lot of money being made by these university, you know, billion dollar industry, athletic directors get paid a lot of money, so do presidents of the university. So why are the players not getting paid? I mean, like, it was times I couldn't pay my cell phone bill. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, after I leave that college campus and I come back home, what do I have to show for anything mm-hmm. if I don't have my degree or if I get injured, sacrificing my entire life for the university where they still probably can make money off of me, still yeah. probably selling jerseys or still have some kind of form of memorabilia or an autograph or a video game from that year, right. which has my image. So the university still profiting and that has nothing to do with boosters or alumni, people who want to give money to the school at those times. So there's a lot of money going on and to tell athletes that you can't work while you're in school because these are the rules. Mm-hmm. It's a blatant lie. I'm saying to myself, well, I just came out of class and they went to work mm-hmm. to get money. And I can't, I, don't, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't That's if wild. I wanted to. That's so wild. yeah, give them some cash or give everybody at this, at the university some money. You're generating some money, pay all of the students. So none of us have to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in some ways you guys are already working. Your practice, your time in the gym, your time preparing for the university's athletics is work. So it's not that you don't have time for work. It's that you're already working. We don't have time to earn income because we are, because we're learning, we can't get paid. It's like, what are you saying? Six degrees, NYC. It's wild. That's our first time. That's our first time on air. 
and we're we're getting right welcome into it. Welcome everybody. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Six degrees, Ramel. Thanks again, Ramel Bradley in the Thanks in the in the house. We're live from Brooklyn. If you didn't have an athletic scholarship and you had to go to play at Kentucky or you had to go to school, that could have cost forty fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids come out of school with debt. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Some would still say that you were compensated for your time at school. Maybe it's not as much as you should have been or could have been considering how much the NCAA generates and how much each of the schools generate through the athletics. But would you still say that you had a good education at Kentucky? If you could do this again and knowing what you know and knowing that you are a person that played ball internationally for 10 years as a pro and that you played in college, do you think you would have changed the the way you did things? Wow, great question. Six Degrees NYC, we always got good questions. (laughs) But... Rarely great ones. Wait, what? Six degrees. Okay, so six degrees. Six degrees of New York. I'm from Brooklyn. Yes, sir. And shit, I never thought I would leave Brooklyn. So to go away for four years and get my degree, I'm grateful for that. Right. Wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Wow. You know, I think NCAA. I think Kentucky or whatever. I took whatever the word is responsibility. I took all of the advantages and I got my degree, and I'm proud of that. Right. So. You know, thank you. But that does not mean that God shouldn't be paid. Right. It's not fair and just, if you will, right? I mean, I would describe you as somebody that embraces everything. Any situation you're in, you make the best of everything and you t- try to get the most out of whatever situation you're in. Thank you. You did that in thank college. But let's say in hindsight, let's take a hypothetical. You're two years in, mm-hmm. somebody's in your ear, mm-hmm. a coach, a friend, whoever, and says, yo, you can get drafted in the NBA. You can leave college early. You can get drafted in the NBA. It was good. Right. What would you have done in that situation? Or what do you think, knowing what you know now, would you be doing? <laughs> There's no shot talk on that. Well, um, <laughs> oh, there is. <laughs> Did I make the shot? Always. <laughs> Always make the Always. shot. Um, that was, that was a long question. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. Just lost it. Ramel's lost it. Um, but let's rephrase that. Yeah, re- rephrase if you went back to school and you said, hey, you know what? Off, after your sophomore year, you were told that you could be an NBA player. Okay. I mean, you might get drafted. Okay. Would you have left college early? Because you actually do appreciate your college well, degree. Well, I mean, what, what boy am I talking to? Am I talking to my boy that is a... Uh, assistant coach at Villanova who understands what it takes for someone to be drafted or am I listening to my boy that right. <laughs> don't Doesn't, know shit right. about my uh, lottery status. Right, right. Yeah, I would have to think about that choice. Um, but when guys jump out early, the, obviously in some cases they have high intel. It could uh-huh. be their head coach. Uh-huh. It could be uh, someone that is involved in other aspects of sports. Right. It could be their high school coach. It could be anybody that is telling them, hey, listen, we have, with high probability, we know that you can you can be eligible for right. to get drafted. Let's say it came from a reliable would, would, source. Would you, would you, would I? Would you jump? Would I go? If, yeah, of course I would. Yeah, sure. So at that situation, the prospect of being a millionaire immediately and having an education or finishing your education is, is, is a no-brainer. And I don't think that it's even a close call. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying some people would say, oh, well, they should have stayed for four years. They could have. But in most cases, people don't. Here's how I feel about education. You never stop learning. Right. And most of the shit that I'm going to learn today, I'm going to forget. So what are we learning? You mean, what are you learning in the classrooms? Yeah, what are we learning? If I could, if I have, if, this is, if these are my choices, you're able to support your family for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or learn, then my choice is going to be support my family for the rest mm-hmm. of my life because I'm, I'll, I'll never stop learning. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like what you're saying. I feel like, you know, the NCAA puts a lot of, like, if you go to the website and you look up amateurism, which is this whole idea that you, mm-hmm. if you're a college basketball player, you're an amateur. So you're not allowed to accept money because you're not a professional. You're an amateur, right? <laughs> you're a student first and an athlete second. Yeah, right. And I think that's really hypocritical because how is the NCAA going to tell you what you're doing when they're making billions of dollars? And do they treat you that way? Do they treat you like a student? You're not allowed. You don't have time to even go to. I mean, you barely have time to go to class. Like, I think that these rules are really old, really outdated. Did you read? Did he read the book? I don't know. So we there's there's a rule book, right? A thick four hundred page. That's for referees. No, no. There's a there's a book. (laughs) That's what referees. <laughs> <laughs> There's a book that student athletes are supposed to get before they sign their 
you know, that oh, then maybe I did get the book. Rules. Maybe you got the book. Maybe right. I did get the book. Just like, oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah, they always give me. Yeah. Yeah, Were you something. ever afraid? And I think that's part of the issue, yes. right? The NCAA yes. has so many rules. It's yes. like it's like a police state with the NCAA. You can't do anything, and they're right. trying to control how you make money outside wow. of the. The, the their actual like territory it's like yeah, wow. why can't I make money outside like oh, wow. you know and that's not to mention and we didn't even touch on this but that's not to mention the guys who the University of Kentucky has about 50 40 50 guys in the NBA right now yeah wow. like that's they have like a, a a billion dollar endowment fund yeah when you start from, talking about the numbers kids, right? from kids from, from kids who then may possibly very large percentage didn't even get degrees. We're there for one year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just, I, I think some rules need to have, be changed. Do you have an idea of like what might work as a structure? Because I think that like a lot of people are supporting the idea of college athletes getting paid, mm -hmm. but a lot of people are also hung up on like how the structure might work. Mm -hmm. It's confusing. It, like we were talking about it earlier. It's not, it's not an easy topic. Some, pe some people would say the structure already exists, which is, so maybe let, just let it happen. Let the, let the rules be what they are. But just like stop. Yeah. Just then stop, stop looking into it. All these I, crazy yeah. I, I, it should be a system where they regulate the hours of time of practice. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what they do additionally is have work study programs for all of the athletes that if you want to flourish in your own career or other, you have hours, free time that you can dedicate to doing these things and you receive income from it. So you're saying like... That's a good solution, maybe. Secure, secure time. Use, use time as like the... You're going to practice... 20 hours a week or something like right, that. Right, like if this is, right, if, if it's 20 week. hours a week, then with the free time, you have to have an option of some form of work study yeah. that kids can receive income from. Now that work study program, it can be in what they believe they want their career to be. And if it's that sport, then let it be extra hours in a gym. Okay. Now you get totally. some cash for extra hours yeah. in a right. gym. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Right? That seems Why? Because if you work your butt off in any profession and you put in extra hours, you get compensated for that. Right. right. Okay, great. Well, is it being an artist or some form of something like that? Then, then designate the time, hours around that person's uh, school schedule and training schedule. Incentivize, I guess. What you said something earlier. What, why do you think? Why do you think that the NBA and the NFL are the most regulated in terms of professional eligibility? Right. Good way to phrase it. Well, I mean, this is February and it is Black History Month. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Let's take that for real. what it is. You gotta have an edge. I mean, to get an edge, to to have this burning desire to be successful, it comes from some for, form of pain. And a lot of these guys that are student athletes that play basketball or play football are from neighborhoods just like me. And they come from families just like me. And they're hungry to excel and succeed in anything. And a lot of times it's athletics because that's what's saving us in the streets. If you look at a lot of our environments, we excel pretty damn good. And we excel so good at it's almost genius level. It's marvelous to see. And it puts people in the stands and they want to see and they want to witness it and they want to follow more than any other sport. Mm -hmm. So is, is it our fault? It's not. Not at all. But we do bring a lot of benefits. Mm -hmm. Should we be penalized three and four times? Because we can't work. We can't have a decent experience in, in at the university. But if, I, if you go into a university with wanting to have the experience of, I want to be a student, I want to be away from home, I want to learn, I want to embrace our cultures and fraternities and social life and have my voice heard, and you can't. Yeah. So, no, you can't do any of that, and you can't work, and you can't provide income for yourself because you need it. And what about your family that's struggling, that's waiting on you to graduate in four years, so hopefully you'll become a professional and make some money. Right. A very small percentage of college basketball players end up in the NBA. Very small. Very small percentage. And you described a lot of sacrifice just now. A lot of sacrifice. What happened to the teammates that you played with that didn't end up in the NBA? Do you know? And when we say teammates, we mean throughout... Or just people you know. Or just college. Just, yeah, or from both. college, okay, I guess. A little bit of both. If you had other high school teammates or guys that you grew up with that also ended up either taking the route of... Playing college ball or pro ball, you know what's that? similar players, ones with right. you know promise. You were going to go a lot of NBA players, a um, couple of financial guys, couple lawyers, couple coaches. 
That's a couple it. business owners and a couple, right. and very few sad stories. Mm-hmm. Thank, There's a very few, thank the man very few sad stories that end up sacrificing all of this for basketball and then not not being able to do that thing. Yeah. Usually, you from what you've seen, they end up figuring it out and figuring out another yeah, path. And, yeah, mm-hmm. or another path, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't basketball. There are still some that had those stories of the rise and fall quicker than you expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legendary New York ball player Lenny Cook, who you played against, was just a year older than us. Yeah, and he was Imagine supposed to be story. he was supposed to be like better than LeBron. Mm-hmm. What and it just it, it didn't work out for him, unfortunately. He didn't and entourage and a whole lot of stuff. It was, it was a lot of things surrounding that. And New York, New York basketball has that stigma now too, which is we used to produce some of the best ball players in the country twenty years ago. If you were a New York City basketball player, that's that's what every coach wanted. Mm-hmm. And now it's become so clouded. I, I personally think it's because of the business side of things and the way things have changed a little bit. But I want to know what Ramel thinks because you and I have talked in the past about. AAU and the structure of that and because that's really the farm system right Mm -hmm. before we get to college ball before we get to pro ball before we get to overseas Mm -hmm. it's the the funneling system the filtering of getting can I just say real quick can you just uh, give a quick rundown of AAU we talked about it earlier but we didn't really describe just amateur athletic union Mm-hmm. I believe is what it's called. And that's basically traveling teams mm-hmm. that are in a lot of, in, in almost every sport at the high school level. And it actually starts even before that. And you're just traveling with people that are from your area or from your school district or from whatever, and you're playing against other teams. And that's really the best way for someone to see you, right? I would think. Yeah, because AAU involves teams from all over the state. By state, I mean the United States. Mm-hmm. There's tournaments in designated areas and all of the players go or the teams go and they play against each other. And, you know, the better the team you play on, the better the tournament, the more chance you get at being seen by NBA scouts, sure. college coaches. Yeah. And that's what AAU is. So if you work really hard, you can make one of these traveling teams in your city or state. And then you travel out and play against some of the other best, better talent in is, other states. Do you think, do, they, do scouts look specifically at that? Well, they look at that because it's a lot easier than going to one city, searching all of the players. You just go to the teams that you know have the best players. You know that they're going to have a good team and they're going to play against some of the other best talent. Right. Then you can see who's going to flourish. So at one point, at least when you were there, you would have seen uh, scouts at AAU who were looking for... NBA players? NBA players, college players. There's NBA scouts but, everywhere. But, there's college scouts everywhere. There's high school scouts everywhere. Mm-hmm. And AAU is not the only way. If you're a good player, you play on a regular high school team in your city, you make some noise. People know. You'll be yeah, rec- You'll right. be seen. Somebody will find you. Sure. You're one of the all-time leading scorers in the history of Kentucky. Facts. You are a legend, not just in the world of hoops, but you and I have gone to Jack Dempsey's together. Mm-hmm. Jack Dempsey's is a, is a Kentucky bar in New York. Mm-hmm. We're 10 years removed from when you graduated. Every mm-hmm. time we go, it's like a goddamn kiss concert in there when they see you. <laughs> when they see you, it's like, <sighs> the crowd goes crazy. And it, I'm not doing this to gas. It's I, I've tried to record this experience, but it's hard to do. But literally people... Like, hey, Smooth, which is Ramel's nickname, or hey, Ramel. Middle name. Middle name. Ramel Smooth Bradley as his <laughs> neck shout tattoo. Out, shout, out to, shout out to Kentucky. Shout out to the whole state. Right. Shout out to every single fan in this whole state. And considering your legacy that you left behind there, if at 18 I told you you'd go play pro ball instead of going to Kentucky and you could make money overseas, mm-hmm. what would you have done? Six Degrees NYC, we keep it real. Um, Good question. At 18, mm, that's a tough one, but I'm probably going overseas. I mean, to to be completely honest, there's nothing like the University of Kentucky experience. I'm I'm not. Right. However, I would take that route today. Actually, I'm lying again. I'm going to Kentucky still. (laughs) Uh I was about to say. I mean, but I don't think it's a bad choice. I don't think it's a bad choice. I think it's a great decision for guys now coming up that know what they want to do for the rest of their lives. If they don't want to go to college, if they don't want to pay a super amount of money in tuition or however, go play overseas. Be a professional. Make some cash. You can always go back to school. Right. Go overseas, kill, and come back and go in the NBA. Guys are doing that also. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's avenues there, and I think that's 
plays into the whole controversy with why is the debate and that whole topic with the NCAA stuff is going on now also because guys are realizing there's another way. I just want you to know if you want, we can bleep out that last part until University of Kentucky pays and then we I can agree. play it. <laughs> okay. I agree, but I still I, I still was truthful with my answers. So. Of course. Six degrees NYC, you have in a lot of ways been compensated by your experience there, right? I remember from before college and from after college, I think everybody grows during the time in college to some extent, also because it's your most primitive years, right? You're you're becoming an adult, you're becoming independent, you're learning to live away from home. Those things, some of those things may still have happened if you played ball overseas. Right. Some may not have. Mm -hmm. You spent the last 10 years playing ball in different countries. Mm -hmm. List them out real quick. If you can remember all of them. Um, His passport looks like a goddamn... Croatia, France... I don't know, something with a lot of pages in it. <laughs> Turkey. Were you number three Israel. everywhere? Everywhere. everywhere. If I wasn't number you kept three, number three. And if I wasn't number three, I was a 33 or nine. Some three Something threes. with three in it. Yeah. Right. Or I, like 12, one plus two. I thought you were going to say, if I wasn't number three, I wasn't going. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have number three jersey ready for me? No. Yeah, not going. I, I want to say I played without three, maybe like. Two seasons, okay. Maybe. But I figured it out. I did yeah. the mathematics <laughs> on the jersey number. What I mean, we we covered a lot. So internationally, you played. What was the, what was your favorite country you played in overseas? We're, we're going to get into that, but I, I do want to know right now mm. what your favorite team or experience was while you were overseas, mm. because you covered a bunch of countries, a bunch of different teams, and I'm sure you had your favorite. No man, probably, my heart is broken all over the world a little bit. I have to give the edge to Israel because that's where my daughter is. Right. But, however, one of the best teams was when I was in Turkey because that's why I won a championship. So it was just special. Right. I get messages to this day. Little kids, adults calling me king and shit. I'm like... That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, really get awesome. into it, so... Do you think you were more big time in Kentucky or more big time overseas? Or where do you, where do you, where do you get the most love? That's a good question. Six degrees on my seat, only great, you gotta, okay. only great questions. <laughs> okay, like, that what we talked about before we started the podcast, defining love. And you can't really put no stamp on it. Like, I could say there's more people in Kentucky than there is in Israel. Right. But, I mean, sometimes the small amount of people, they show you the, the best amount of love. So, I mean, they show me love in Kentucky, and they show me love in... Israel show me love in every place that I've been and I'm grateful for that to be honest there's no love like Brooklyn love sounds like it sounds like a great 10 years that you had sounds that way but it sounds great what are the what are the downsides I guess of because um, we know the downsides of playing college basketball now, but are there any downsides right? to playing overseas? Yeah, the downside of playing overseas is it's it's the lack of love that you need. Mm. Okay, you're far so away, you're far away from home. What do you yeah, mean by that? far away from home? Like there's a diff- like you know I've been in a lot of places and received a lot of love, but it's different when somebody's saying, "I love you so much," like you inspire me because of what you do on the basketball court, basically. And people could love you and love you outside of, off the court and on the court, but mainly the places that I've traveled, they've loved me for, you know, I like to think it was me, who I am, but it's because of, you know, my talent on the basketball court. But when you go without just genuine love, like, you know, I have a bad game overseas and I can go into my crib. I'm not, you know, I'm by myself. It ain't nobody telling me, hey, that game don't mean shit. You still great. Like, I still love you without basketball. So you go without that whole side and it's kind of like, you know, you could be jaded real easy. But um, so yeah, I would say you go without that love. You know, you need that family. You need that unconditional kind of love, and you go without that. Or at least I did. You know, being away from my family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's to me. That would, I would say that's the that's the downside. That makes sense. But you know, thankfully we got Skype and everything now, so we could. Yeah. You know, I I've, I it makes the world things. smaller, right? Right. So. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. That's yeah. some real shit. We appreciate it. Six Degrees NYC with Ramel Bradley. Is in the building, Brooklyn zone. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn always. Uh, what, what, what are you pointing at, Ben? Ben's pointing at something. I, I just want to know, like, so you you seem like you're uh, at a bit of a crossroads. 
Okay. Are you? Crossroads. What kind of? Oh cross- yeah. So what right kind now, of crossroads? Right. Well, right now in your in your playing career, uh-huh. basketball has been what you've been doing on some level uh-huh. on a big stage for the last for the for the last half of your life. Facts. Wow. What's next? What's next for Ramel Bradley? Okay. What's next? Man? And is, is basketball still in there? I mean, we don't know. I don't know. I'm not. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, for sure. Basketball will always be a part of my life. Right. Forever. Whether I play on the court professionally, sign in the con- as a, you know, a contractual player, or whether I'm just training some kids in the park or hooping. Right. Um, I mean, for me, what's next? I'm trying to understand this business life. I want to say almost a year ago, I was like, you know what, man? I, I need a break from basketball. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to school. I want to go get my business degree. I want to go get my master's. And I enrolled into a course at the University of Kentucky, University of Louisville. Um, you know, we don't rock with Louisville, but they had a <laughs> joint program. <laughs> and I got accepted. And I was excited. Then they sent me a bill, and I was like, <laughs> I might have to defer. <laughs> so, but, you know, then I, my boy, he was working on this project, and it was, like, perfect timing because he needed me to be on board to, you know, help things out. And, you know, for the past year, we've been grinding. I've been learning a lot about business. I've been in some big-time meetings. And, I mean, I really want I'm, – I'm, I'm a little emotional about this, but I'm I'm proud of myself because I made a sacrifice and I wrote it down. You said you you know you write stuff down in your journal book. Quote and book I wrote it down. I was book. like I was like man like you know what do I want to do? I want to take a break from hooping, but what do I want? You know I want to become an owner. I want to support some businesses. And when I, when I was in I was a little kid, and I don't want to talk so much, but when I was a little kid, I was like. Man, I just want to make some millions, and you know, I, you know, I want to make some millions. And I went overseas, and I, you know, was fortunate enough to be a professional player. And you know, if I if that didn't happen to me, I would have never known what it was like to, you know, believe I could make a couple million. Right. And now to be able to say, man, like billions is possible. Like we got billionaires supporting the company that I helped build, that I helped create. So, I mean, right now business and things are being pretty good so far. So I'm just hoping that can keep going and, you know, basketball will come back into it. It will. But. Well, I'm, I'm confident that regardless of what you do, you're going to be fine. That's just who you sure. want. Yeah, man. I, I got I got good friends. I got good friends. Like, I got grocery <laughs> stores. I, I, know I will never go hungry. You never go hungry. <laughs> never go you never hungry. go hungry. That's for sure. Might right. give you some borderline expired stuff. But you'll never go hungry with me. Like, I'll tell you that. Six Degrees NYC. Ramel Bradley. Really, really excited that you're here. But before we wrap it up, this is the best part of the show. Okay. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. We're gonna ask you questions. <laughs> You're going to have to answer as soon as the, the question comes out. It okay. might be a option A or option B. It might be a quick question. You just have to answer it with three words or less. Okay. And we move on to the next one. We have about 15, 20 of them that we're going to rattle off. Okay. You just, whatever comes to mind first. Uh, I've been watching Family Food. <laughs> my goodness, so yeah, well, there's no serving in this one. We should get a burger. We should get a, that's a burger. burger? <laughs> Who's hungry? hungry? Yeah. We need a buzzer. buzzer. <laughs> All right, here we go. We need uh, a buzzer. Ready? Favorite restaurant. Grace Chinese. What is it? Grace Chinese. Grace New Chinese. New York. Okay. Favorite sports team? Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow. Mm. Last time you played ball? Yesterday. Most nostalgic spot in New York? Dumbo. Wow. Favorite bridge? Brooklyn. Shocker. Favorite landmark or tour- touristy spot? Brooklyn Bridge slash Statue of Liberty. Wow. Least favorite borough? Staten Island. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, guys, we, we gotta do this. Staten Island. We have to. Sorry. <laughs> or Staten Island. Well, we, no, we, we haven't. We, we, this is the first podcast. Oh, you're right. And okay, all I'll we know is that, th- that Staten Island. Right. You're right. For now, Staten Island is. Staten Island? One, one for Staten Island. One, one. Okay, here we go. Mets or Yankees? Yankees. Giants or Jets? Giants. Knicks or Nets? Nets. Damn. Shades or no shades? Shades. <laughs> well, clearly, I didn't even have to ask that question. All right. Okay, Rick Pitino or 
John Calcaterra. <laughs> 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 those are the t- first side note. Those are the two coaches. One before you got to Kentucky, and the coach right that would have you were a little bit older, and one right after. How crazy is that? <laughs> like that, right? Kentucky or overseas? Kentucky. Kentucky or NYC? NYC. <laughs> uh, Favorite college teammate of all time? Joe Crawford. Shocker. Favorite pro teammate of all time? Joe Crawford. <laughs> Least favorite teammate of all time? <laughs> <laughs> if you say Joe Crawford, I'm walking out. It's a safe, it's a safe I love, answer. I love all my teammates. Oh, good. That's a, what, what a Ramel Bradley answer. Honestly. <laughs> favorite coach? Any level? Ahmed. Turkey. Okay. Okay. Least favorite coach <laughs> all time. We keep it real I, I, here. I, I don't even remember his name, but he was the, my French coach, and he was American. American guy that was your French coach. Yeah, he was worse. Yeah, I give I give him some French words. You know what I mean? <laughs> Four letter. No, that's okay. That's cute. Uh, favorite NBA player <laughs> of all time. Favorite NBA player of all time. Michael Jordan, Stephon Marbury slash LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Michael Jordan <laughs> Stephon Marbury LeBron James <laughs> He was great He was great Yeah that one guy That guy the, Yeah but his name Was really long On his jersey <laughs> It was He had to wear Three jerseys yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable And last question Do you have A giant Kentucky Derby hat I don't Have you been though But I've been <laughs> <laughs> I have been. Kentucky Derby's coming up soon. Are you going? I will be in the building. <laughs> wow, nice. Yes, awesome. I will. Six Degrees NYC. Ramel, I love you. Thank you for being here. I love you all too. You all should come time. out if you can. Plan a trip. Come to the Kentucky Derby. Oh, just I'm, gonna great. Go, I'm going out there. I've been wanting to go. Nice. I went to right. Belmont for the first time last year. I'm ready to go to another. Yeah, we should do that. That's it's gonna so be, cute. It'll be lit. Like yeah. the last 15 years of our life, I will tag along with any event that I can. So I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. In a, yeah, in a minute, in a minute, I'm gonna be in the states, and we're gonna really be able to take some trips. What do you mean? You saying, brother? Announcement. Oh. Oh, yeah, I hear you. April 23rd, stay tuned. All right, good. April 23rd, stay tuned. The last trip we took was Vegas, my bachelor party. And that's all the f- time we have, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Six Degrees NYC. I love y'all. Thanks We're for official. Thanks We're for here. having me. Thanks for being This is great. Stay so tuned good. for more. Ramel Bradley was here today. We're going to be here tomorrow. And check us out on our website at sixdegrees.nyc, where you'll find more info about us, great photos, and, of course, more episodes.